just a big old conversation. Oh, it's just a big old conversation. Did you did you get a chance to listen to any of the episodes before uh, this? I I, um, I was supposed to, and I did not. I've been like dealing That's with strike one, my friend. That's strike one. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> we'll put that in the chat. That'll be part of yeah, the show yeah. notes. There was strike one right at the very beginning. Yep. Mm-mm. I'm going to get cut off, right? Strike three, cut <laughs> this off. This interview is over. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, no. Let's get you to introduce yourself. You're listening to the Can't Sell This Podcast with your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Okay. Well, my name is Charles Xavier Conley. Um, yes, my dad named me that on purpose. Uh, my mom didn't find out until I was 23 that he did that on purpose. She didn't know anything about the X-Men. So oh that my was God. funny. Yeah, that <laughs> was funny. Um, I have been professionally prop building for about four years now. I've been cosplaying 10 plus years. Uh, this is actually... Tomorrow is the 10th anniversary for Ebony Warrior Studios. Oh, my God. Hey. Yeah. Stefan, I think we have interviewed more people that go, it's been 10 years. Like, we just happened to have invited them on, and they're like, it's been 10 years. Yeah, so tomorrow is both my birthday and the anniversary of Ebony Warrior Studios. And tomorrow's your birthday? It is. What? Oh, well, we brought you the present of conversation. (laughs) 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 and nothing else (laughs) oh congratulations Xavier so do you go by Charles Xavier or do you just say Xavier do you say Charles uh, so when it comes to work they usually know me by Charles because that's what's on paperwork right of course but when you when the people know me they usually just go by my middle name Xavier right right I would like people to call me Charles Xavier, but nobody ever makes the connection. Well, listen, Charles Xavier, we'll call you whatever you want, Charles Xavier. I'm pretty happy about this. This is like, you know, you're dealing with two huge nerds. Right. Comic book nerds, in in fact. So when I saw you write Charles, like on your bio, you're like, I am Charles Xavier. I was like, what? Yeah. So there you go. There's my favorite character. Oh, yes, that's a good choice. Yeah, Yeah. Stefan's family's from Germany, and you know, so I identified with that dude right away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I was I think I've told this story to uh, Stefan, but but one of my funniest memories of having my kid. I saw I have two kids, and my one kid is almost fourteen. I took him to the park, and one father, and this was he was two years old, we're running around, and he says to the one kid, he goes, Peter tell Parker it's time to go. And I was like, did you seriously get away with calling your two sons, Peter and Parker, and your wife didn't catch on? We we have, you know, the luck of being able to marry a woman that it was not cognizant of that. Wow. Yeah, Peter and Parker. That's just like, okay. Thomas, get Wayne over here. I was like, Bruce, get Banner. My before we um, before we got together, my wife. I mean, we've we're high school sweethearts, so right. we knew each other in high school. High school and like college, she did. She was not into any geek stuff. She was just a girly girl. 
And so, she accepted you nonetheless. You know, right? that's a that's a good <laughs> she lady. Was not into any geek stuff, but then I introduced her to X Men, and that girl went off. I mean, she went off. Like Wolverine is her favorite damn character on the face of the planet. Good, good she, for her. That's mine. She loved the Hulk beyond anything. Um, so she was when when they did the Hulk dirty in Infinity War, she was pissed. I've never <laughs> seen her so mad. She was so mad. Oh my um, god! But she so because. I introduced her to that stuff. Now she knows the tricks. And before mm. my son was born, I was gonna, oh, you know, you I, got had away with these, it. I had all these cool names I was ready to go with, man. And then she, oh, I was so mad that I had introduced her to that stuff simply because she knew all my tricks uh, by the time he was born. But so, would she have been cool with Logan in that situation? No, like, could you really we, oh, wanted, see? we wanted a name that. Um, either family uh, oriented or mm. um, you know that wasn't like straight up comic booky, right? So you um, could have said um, like my great uncle Logan. Yeah, <laughs> I would have just been like yeah. my great uncle Logan. Means a lot like, to me. I we we joked about it for uh, like the whole nine months. I was gonna, I was legit gonna call him Koygon. I'm not even joking. I was gonna call Koygon. There you go. I was going to call him Koygon. And then when it got closer to, you know, actual birth time, she was like, okay, stop joking. We're not doing that. <laughs> no, that's what I want. <laughs> well, we, well, we try to discuss our kids' names. I always would say it's going to be Chewbacca just, just because I needed someone to make a decision that was not Chewbacca. You know, yeah. like our, our second kid, had it been a boy, would have been Angus because I thought Gus Elliott has the, such a teamstery truck driver name. Uh, and then we had a girl and we called her Neve. So she got a lovely name. Yeah. So our, our dog is Gus. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. It counts. What What is your son's name? I'm sorry. He's Charles Javier. So he's just. Oh, Javier he's, is a great name, man. Yeah, he's just my, he's Charles Javier Jr. He's, yeah. like, he's, he's just, uh, well, he's technically the third because I'm Charles the second. Second. Charles the third. Right. Because in those situations, it is just the first and last name. You don't have to care about the middle name. Yeah, I, to... I, people always were like, well, you can't be a second because your, your middle name is not the same. No, it's, you can still be a second if your first if you name. you say those two names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because we get all of our mail, mail mixed up now. Because right. they don't, most mail, they only put, you know, Charles Conley. So it's oh, like, okay. is this for my dad? Or is this for me? My son or is this for me? <laughs> Uh, so you wouldn't believe this, but this is actually the interview style. <laughs> We're doing it already. This yeah, is the this show. Is, this is the episode because a part of it, part of it is, is, is that, you know, we're, we're interested mostly in the uh, creative process. We, we've been interested yeah. in the creative process, obviously from the beginning, but you know, one of the things that really stood out to me when I started following you on Instagram was, you know, your foam smithing was a part-time gig, Like you, you had a job job. You put on a name tag and a shirt, or shirt first, name tag second. I yeah. assume. And then you went to a job and you customer serviced people and did your thing. And then you came home and you were just cutting foam and learning about the craft. And I mean, what what was what was that like to pursue you know this interest uh, for however long you did? Oh man, uh, I mean, just 
doing working and then coming home and phone it's it's my escape very much my escape because i love building stuff mm-hmm. uh, it's so when i was a kid growing up I was very introverted. I still am introverted, but it's more like cosplay allows me to get out of my shell. Right. But when I was growing up, I was super introverted. I was that kid that would find a place by myself and read. I had action figures out the wazoo. I legit, like if I could bring toys to school, I was playing with action figures, minding my business. Um, (laughs) So when I would play with those toys and things like that, I, you know, I was bullied also growing Mm -hmm. up and that sort of affected, um, that affected me as it it can fit, continue to affect me, you know, up to adulthood, adulthood. Right. And, um, I don't know. I just, uh, Cosplay is my sort of way of escaping from uh, the mun- mundane and the boringness of work. Yeah. And I I think my favorite part is just um, how it allowed me to escape and get out of my shell, you know, because before cosplay, I was... Um, the only other way that really got me out of my shell was when I took a public speaking class in college. Right. That was, that was it. <laughs> they it's, forced, it literally forced me to yeah. get out of my shell. Yeah. Uh, both, both, both Stefan and I are, are public speakers. We've done a lot of public speaking uh, for our industry and in, in, in interactive and mm-hmm. um, uh, storytelling essentially. But it's a, it is a difficult thing for a lot of people to process standing in front of an audience and, and the, the, the amount of practice that's required to feel comfortable enough to do that on a, on a fairly regular basis. Stefan is, is more accomplished as a public speaker than I am. No, I would say. Well, well, I, I mean, yeah. And, and now I'm taking it back into the classroom. I've started teaching, uh, which I love because there's this aspect of public speaking where when you're talking to larger crowds, it's, it's not very personal. Right, like you, you know, the, I don't. You probably got the tip. You know, pick a couple of people, a couple of faces in the audience that you connect with. Um, and I did a couple of workshops, and by doing those, I said I really like this this sort of like day long format where I've got the same small group of like twelve people for three or four hours, and we can really dive deep into something. And now with teaching, it's you know I've got a, a a class of 30 students that I've got for a, a whole semester, you know, three months of, of stuff. So there's a lot more that you can, you can do and a lot more that you can um, sort of help mentor and shape and mold. And there's way more time for questions. So anyways, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. That, um, I was thinking about uh, one of the, one of the things that really struck me was you you shared a video of you in your halo outfit mm. and there was like you it was kind of like a parade of halo people and, and there was a kid going past you and he was a, it was a black kid and you pulled your helmet off and he was just like <gasps> and he was it was just it 
you know, it just touched every fiber of, oh my God, that I, that I had, you know, like you yeah. get to be a representation for kids that would be you 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. Actually, I don't know how old you are. I'm sorry. I was just well, like, you may be 20. So I was like, well, when I was an infant or child. But I'm like, almost 30. So, oh, yeah. so there you go. <laughs> like, what would that have done for you um, being a, you know, uh, to have something like that? Serious. I think about that all the time. Because when I was growing up, um, you know, when I was being bullied, I literally wished that I could have, you know, not saying that my parents weren't there for me, but they, you know, they, my parents going to be with me at school. You know what I mean? But I, in those situations, I wish that I could have a hero there to help me out, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and Batman was one of those heroes that I wish could help me out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and for me, it was like, uh, I wish somebody could be there for me. So now uh, what I do in my cosplay is, I want to be able to be representation for other, uh, especially kids of color who yeah. don't understand that cosplay is for everyone. Because yeah. when you look at um, advertisement for cosplay, uh, promos for cosplay, you don't see people of color. Right. I mean, I mean even the helmeted things, right? You'll, like see, like, you'll see, like, you know, Asian folks. And white folks that's yeah. it yeah and so i want other black kids who were in that who are in that position that i was in to understand that they have someone here who has their back yeah understands exactly what they went through or what they're going through and how um somebody that you know i want them to understand that black cosplayers can do it big just yeah. like anybody else can yeah. do it on the same level as somebody like Kamui cosplay or whatever. Yeah. Huh? Okay. I, you know, it's interesting. Um, having followed you for as long as I have, I'm just, I'm just sharing uh, photos of, of your very, some of your various cosplays, but you're, I mean, your Batman and your Superman are bananas. Good. Like I, and it was one of those situations where I watched your, progress i've been watching your progress for a long time and, and like even to the extent of the muscle suits your muscle suits got better and better and i mean um when you went from it being an escape and a pastime to it being your full-time thing uh via i would assume via patreon commissions mm -hmm. um I, I'm, I'm gonna ask a question that's gonna be like it felt good you know like it it, how gratifying is it to have your work that you do f out of love be so accepted within it, the community uh, at large? Uh, it's uh, in indescribable, I guess you could say. That's not a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it touches you, right? Like, yeah, because I've put in so much work over the years to try and better my craft because you're never you're there's never ever a point when it comes to art or, or cosplay mm -hmm. where you are you know the tip-top master you're constantly learning no matter what like yep. i'm still learning new skills as i do this yeah so <sighs> it, it feels 
crazy amazing to be able to you know provide for my my wife and my son by doing you know what I'm passionate about because there's so many people who don't get to do that because capitalism sucks capitalism sucks man and I mean part of it part of it becomes a recognition of the effort you know like you're you're doing what you're doing because of the recognition of your effort but i you know i can still like honestly i still remember you taking a picture of yourself name tag on i'm going to work i'll see y'all in however long you know and and then i'd be i'd be waiting for the next post because i'm like well shit man like you've just got to do a day-to-day you know i know that that the the night today becomes something that it's 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 very nice as an audience of you and your work to see that you maintained your enthusiasm for the work long enough for to to be recognized for the work is that yeah yeah i hear you i just um i think it's some people they do it and it seems like they're their main goal is competition. Their main goal is trying to one up yeah. other people and that burns you out. So yep. for me, I'm not like, I legit don't even do cosplays that are mainstream because <laughs> I just do stuff. Like I will legit see something and I'll like the design of the armor. And I'm like, I'm going to make that. Cause I'm I like that. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sitting here going, okay, so what's coming out next? Oh, the new Assassin's Creed Viking thing? I got to make something from that before that comes out. Yeah. I, I, I Like when I make it, especially um, when I make cosplays from mainstream games or movies, mm-hmm. I'm not making them until they're like three years past their prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the the general rom I just finished. General rom. Gears of War. Gears of War. Oh my god! I oh. just did that because I wanted it. I mean, he looks ridiculous. Like to be honest, one of the best parts about your general rom is how you would put your kid, your son up, and go like this. Now the outfit is two babies tall. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite part of cosplay and of being able to do progress photos now. Because now with him growing so fast, oh, here we I go, can yeah. always do comparison photos with him. Yeah. General Rum's head is as big as our two and a half month old. <laughs> I love those, man. It was just it's so bad. The other thing that that I really enjoyed, you would you would post in your stories, you talk, you'd show like the people of color that were at these conventions that you were yeah. sharing stage with or time with. That it would just be like a whole bunch of high fiving and dancing, and and you'd just be like, "This is my community." It's 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 a community within a community, you know, there's not yeah. just, there's not, there's a community at large. There's the community cosplay and all that stuff, but there's this smaller community that is like, so it's just supportive and wonderful and, and watching everybody celebrate each other. Yeah. Like the celebration was what I was getting at. Oh yeah. Um, the, because I mean, that's, that's just black folks in general. Because we're typically, you know, it doesn't matter what we do. Quite often, we are the minority in whatever fandom or whatever uh, event that we're doing. And so we seek out each other. And it just, it's so cool meeting other Black folks who love what you love. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
you can geek out together. You can you don't feel you don't feel like you're drowning in a sea of whiteness anymore. Yeah. You feel like um, you feel like you are you are together, you know, together in it. No, 100%. And um, I, I've made some incredible friendships with, mm-hmm. you know, people of all ethnicities and cosplay, but some of my absolute favorite people to be with at conventions are my black friends because, I mean, you – we we get together, we get lit, we get hype. Yeah. We just we 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 get so you know excited when we're all together. And it's the it's one of my favorite parts of Dragon Con every year. Because mm-hmm. we um I remember like two or three years ago at Dragon Con, there's this um there's this uh I don't know how that what they call it. They call it like the Pulse Lounge. It's basically this just big open uh, glassed off area in the middle of the hotel, hmm. and they only allow a few people up at a time, right. or not a few right. people, but they like I think the, they maybe allow like a hundred people up in this one area up at a time, and it turns into a giant dance party every single year they just put they just, all they do is they put um uh what is it the not bar, is it barista yeah not barista the the guys who serve alcohol they have the guys Bartender? who serve alcohol bartenders they have bartenders up there right and then they have speakers that are just blasting music and all day it just it's just playing the most amazing music and so at right. the end of the night everybody will just go or will try to get up there. There's a line legit, like all the way across the hotel to get up to the pulse lounge. And everybody will just go up there and just lose it. Yeah. And I remember this one year we had a party where they had to literally shut down the pulse lounge because we were um, all jumping in unison and they were afraid (laughs) we were going to break this the, the pulse lounge platform it was amazing oh my god it's so great do you do you find when you look back at some of your older work do you are you appreciative of the effort you went through or are you are you kind of cringy about it do you, do you sort of go like i'm so glad i learned this i'm appreciative of what i learned to better myself and i am my worst critic I trash myself. (laughs) I absolutely drag myself. It's hilarious. I'll see something that I'll see like, like I still have um, Halo weaponry that I made, you know, years ago. Right. And I will, uh, sometimes I'll still use it, but then I'll say, you know, I'll look at it and I'll look at like the seam work and stuff on it. And I'll be like, why the hell am I still using this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my god. It, mm, yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm a little. I hate some of my old work. I really do. Like I made that post today about my Spartan, and I still hang that shield up in my um, studio. I shouldn't, but I do, because that shield needs to be redone. 
like bad. But that, that to me has always been the mark of an artist who's constantly improving their craft. Like I remember at one of my most prolific points in illustration, I could look back at work I had done three months ago and be like, I hate it. I hate all of it. I want to throw it out. I can't look at it. I'm so embarrassed by it. But it's, it's like because you've progressed from there, which is a really good thing. So I've learned to love those old drawings because they just remind me of where I came from. Yeah. It's actually, it's kind of funny. Um, uh, I, I know Hugh, Hugh mentioned your name and it said, you know, he'd been... I keep, I keep <laughs> Stefan's drawings. <laughs> Stefan, every time Stefan hands me a drawing, I keep it. I'm like, that's it. I keep it. It's right there. Um, but I love it. I mentioned I mentioned the name and sorry, he mentioned he mentioned you and 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 the, you know the potential of having you as a guest on the show and I was like oh okay cool I I am not a cosplayer I I love the costumes though when I when I go to Comic Con here in Toronto and I can see, I see a, a well crafted costume I I appreciate that art I am a super nerd in that I paint miniatures not of my mm-hmm. own creation although I do kit bash a lot of stuff. However, and this is the funny part, um, there was a point where I was trying to convince the studio I was working at that for a production we were doing that we should hire cosplayers to do the two costumes that we needed. Mm. Um, yeah. And some of, the, uh, some of the images that I showed them were of this black and gold stormtrooper. <laughs> Uh, which you might be familiar oh, with. <laughs> wow, my Boba Trooper. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow, that was a long time ago. So yeah, it's yeah. and that to me was. I mean, I'm looking at your stuff now, and and I can see how much you've progressed, and like the detail on some of your newer stuff is just it blows my mind. It's so good. Um, but yeah, even back then, I was like, "This is the stuff. This is this is where you know, like, this is somebody who can, you know, craft something with this level of detail that would be perfect for the thing that we want to do." You know, but my yeah. question to you then is, um, so at the time, um, the 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 feedback that I well, I mean, it never went the route of cosplay or or costumes, anyways, but. Um, yeah. The, uh, the 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 initial piece of feedback was, well, this is a stormtrooper, you know. This he didn't design that. He he built it, but he built it off of someone else's design. And and I I argued that up the wazoo. But uh, but I do have the question of like, um, how often are you are you crafting original things as opposed to uh, based on existing IP? Oh. Um. It's uh, very rare that I do original, um, like original designs of my own making. Uh, Last time I did it was Cosplay Melee. That was the last time I did my own original, you know, original character. character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But usually I'm building, uh, you know, characters from movies and and TV and and video Mm -hmm. games because that's what my passion is. And I, man, well, I, do, I do know that I know that there are people out there who get, you know, like upset about that because, you know, they'll sit there and go, well, it's not your own original character. 
it really doesn't matter. I'm still making it from scratch. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100 uh, percent. But I mean, the, the reason I brought it up was because I, I feel like your character from that cosplay melee, um, it like when you're designing a Stormtrooper outfit or Boba Fett, mm. uh, you know, you, you're building something and you're getting into, into the like little details of a world. Right. So right. you start to understand, uh, you know, design concepts, because if you want to make something uh, believable, like original, but believable within a universe that it already exists, you just gotta, you just gotta start putting in those details. And I feel like your character from the cosplay melee fits very well with star Wars. And like, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know you, I didn't know you then, but my thinking was here's a guy who, could see through building things how the pieces fit together and can then take those pieces and create something original and make it still fit within that world. Anyway, so I was, I was thoroughly impressed with the, with the cosplay melee uh, design. Thank you. I had so much fun with that build. I'm so mad I didn't get to keep it. I've been tr- um, telling myself to remake that armor for years. I just oh. haven't. I haven't taking the time to do it i've been distracted by all these other builds well i mean is that the i mean that's kind of the the curse of the creative is you know you have other things that you're working on so the idea of revisiting something you've done once it's it's although it is in uh, enticing it's not a thing where you're like i gotta make that you're like I gotta make that but i got this giant lizard head to make so lizard head is gonna win the only time I'll ever really like remake something is if I loved it and I sold it and I need another one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happened. That's why I built this new Halo Reach Spartan because I sold my Master Chief. Mm. He was, you know, he was going to be one that I wore for a long time, but then I sold him and I was like, I'm not going to live without another Spartan. So right. I made another one. Right. Yeah. You like the color blue. <laughs> well, that, was, that was all an accident because yeah. I, so I finished general ROM and mm-hmm. I was inventorying my, basically my wife said, you are not allowed to buy any other color or any more spray paints until you use what you have. And I was like, <laughs> shit, what do I have a lot of? <laughs> so I went through my inventory and I was like, God damn it, I have way too much blue. All right, guess we're doing blue. Guess we're doing blue. <laughs> That's like my, my way. Uh, so for the record, like I'm a, I'm a maker. So like I do stuff, you know, electronics and motors and whatnot. So yeah. my wife has, has been like, I, I started doing, because of you, uh, I started building a doing a foam version of the Mandalorian helmet because I, I just well, I want to try it. I want to see what it was all this yeah. garbage, just garbage. But she, my wife was like, "You are not allowed to start a new project." I'm like, "But just let me. I have this foam mat. It's just sitting here. Let me try it." And I tried it, and I'm not good at seams. And I was using barge. I was using like rubber cement, and so it's sitting. It's sitting like I can. I'm looking at it, and I just leave it there just to tease me, you know? Because I'm like, "Yep." That's what. That's how. Why cosplay and costume making and foam smithing is so hard, and practice based off of practice. I mean, when when people tell me stuff like that, I just my urge is to help. 
don't help me. Oh my God. If I just, if I just grab this, this helmet and show you, you can tell me, but it's not like that. Like I, I, I have a, I do 3d printing mostly, mostly my, yeah. my thing is I do en- like engineering type stuff and 3d printing. So like I have, you know, my 3d printed Obi-Wan <gasps> lightsaber. It's so pretty. I have my, just a second. My 3D printed Dooku lightsaber. That means, that means everything to me. <laughs> Those are so nice. But Those this are is, dope. So here's the thing is that this is four years older than this. So like this I just printed mm. and, I, and I, I have that much more experience with finish and sanding and all this stuff. But they are comparable in terms of kind of how they look because yeah. – you know, and I'm and I'm building a BB-8, a one-to-one BB-8, but that's like in the background. Oh, is it going to be working? Uh, like it will not be, be rolling. Robotic. It'll be a static BB-8, but the head will rotate. So yeah, so that's. I mean, like I could probably. I don't know if you can see it. But it's there in the background. I see it. I see it. I see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I started building BB-8 a long time ago, and I call him BB Weight now because <laughs> <laughs> it's just too much work. <laughs> and I, I have a friend who's got three of him going three of that that particular droid and i'm like Jesus. i don't know yeah. so every time i talk I, about bba people are like oh, oh my god you're a droid builder i'm, like, mm, I'm a droid yeah. procrastinator if anything <laughs> I'm, I'm very new to electronics like i just what what i know about electronics is leds and mm. People have told me, you know, you should try and build your own R2 unit. And I'm mm. like, you know, that for me, you know, the way that some people will look at me and they'll say, you know, like General Rom is a daunting task. Like that's scary to them. That's the way that I look at R2 building. I'm right. like, I sure. want to do it. But the money and the time and just money the and time and skill yeah. it takes, that it scares the hell yeah. out of me. It's a very different – droid building is a very different world. One, one in the sense that the, the engineering required is, is quite daunting. Like I, mm-hmm. I got to where I've got to just sort of sheer willpower. But even now with the droid builders, with the BBA droid builders, there is no one way to do it. So, yeah. you know, you can't say – I'm going to make this kind of BB-8. They just go, really? And then, and then you just, and then you question everything you do and you stop working on it because you're like, I just can't do it because there's hamster drives and, you know, other types of drives and whatever. And I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> so, so now if we're doing show and tell, um, this is, this is my, it's also my old work and I look at it and I'm like, Oh, I want to rebuild this thing. But uh, so this is what I built. On now. I was going to get in focus, but it's, it's partially kit bashed, partially built from scratch. It's just like fairy tale oh, no. witch's wagon. That's oh. crazy adorable, man. That is so nice. And, uh, and yeah, I put, I put a lot of hours and layers of paint into that sucker, but so I, I, no, I'm, that feels like Howl's moving castle to me. Those are the types of inspirations. Yeah, that's dope. So, when you build your miniatures, are you using them for, um, for like tabletop? I am. I am the world's worst tabletop player. (laughs) I lose every game. 
I am I am 100% in it for the painting. I collect I have collected armies and painted them. Um but I I like uh he was told no more projects. Uh I w- I'm not allowed to buy any more. There's too many. So uh I've actually pared down my collection. I have I have a lot of unfinished projects, but I just do stuff like that now. Like I have a bunch of stuff that I use for kit bashing. One of my my favorites now is um uh, and I still have yet to have a finished one, but I started making these like Mad Max like vehicles, like post-apocalyptic vehicles. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So and people will come over to my studio and they'll think that I am a miniature painter. Like I've done a few, but I'm mm. nowhere near a miniature painter. I'm, you know, I come to, they'll say that because I collect miniature paints like nobody's uh, business. Like the little them. bots or? Oh, yeah. Okay. I have so right. many. <laughs> I have <laughs> Citadel paints, Vallejo, Vallejo paints. Yeah. Oh, I have so many because they give you the absolute best coverage. Mm-hmm. Right. The mm-hmm. best. So I will use those to paint, you know, full cosplays. Like I can, oh I my legit God. paint. No, I'm, I'm, so serious. I used one pot of blue Citadel paint with a little bit of, you know, just adding a little bit of water here and there. I used one pot to paint my Gypsy Danger. Oh my God. The See, I can't scroll back far enough to get to that. <laughs> I remember the Gypsy Danger. Oh my God. Wow. I got to look it up. That's yeah. a lot of mileage from a little pot of paint. That's why I love, that's why I've been collecting Citadel paints for years. I love Citadel paints. Like I messaged game, uh, what is it? Game gamers workshop or whatever. I messaged them cause I was trying to get a sponsorship. <laughs> I was like, Sponsor me. Give me your paints. That's awesome. <laughs> I, so you had done, um, was Ram, Ram was sponsored by a, a wig. Mm-hmm. Ram company. was sponsored by Art of Wigs Canada. Ram, Ram, Art of Wigs. I'll, I'll add that. I'll add that link here. Actually. Anybody can do this, by the way. I don't have to be the only one. (laughs) 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 But it's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind doing it. Art of Wigs. Okay. Um, I just want to add it in. I don't want to forget. The show notes are important to me. Um, Yeah, Gypsy Danger was like a huge, huge one. And it was one of my... So with all, all, all full disclosure, you know, Pacific Rim was one of my favorite robots battling giant monsters movies um so yeah gypsy danger oh my god like love guillermo del toro oh guillermo del toro yeah one of my favorite directors um what did would you, you uh did you get to see his uh the exhibit of his his personal collection no, I didn't. No, they had it. They had it in oh LA. Oh that's right. And then they had it here in Toronto for uh, the the film festival, and uh, so I got to see it twice. I got I was fortunate enough to see it twice. And that dude is a prolific collector. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And like things like I would be uh, I'd be going through like like a, here's a section of paintings he has that has nothing to do with his films, but just stuff that he collected. And I'm like, oh man, this dude would love Evan Earl which is this, um, this painter whose work, he worked on Sleeping Beauty, like early Disney stuff. So his, mm-hmm. he has a very distinct style. And sure enough, I turn around the corner and there's a goddamn Evan Earl original, <laughs> you know, like he's already owns one. I'm like, 
Of course he does. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, I, 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 nobody can hold a candle to him when it comes to collecting. He knows his shit. Yeah. So much respect for that man. Money. <laughs> yeah. That's money true. is a money is a money is a big factor in being able to collect things. Like what's his name, Kirk Hammett, the guy who had the the horror movie collection that went toured around. You're like, yeah, you're in Metallica. You have a giant house that you can just yeah. put whatever you want in it. Like I saw you were traveling and you're like posting photos of like the crates that you travel with. Like this is what my costume takes. Like the amount of extra money you must pay to be able to travel with costumes. I am the, I, I have learned all the tricks of saving money while traveling with a crap ton of gear. Hmm. So usually they will charge you extra when you do big totes like that, right? Right, yeah. And the reason that most people get charged extra is because they'll go in and, you know, they'll like speak to the representative and they'll tell them it's oversized. I don't do that because I'm not stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I will just put it, I'll act like, I'll act like nothing's going on. I'll just put it on the conveyor belt so that it gets taken under the plane. Nobody says a word. Your secret's safe with us and the 10 or 12 listeners we have. So (laughs) (laughs) Don't share this publicly because, you know, then you'll end up in big trouble, obviously. Um, yeah. What, um, this is going to be a strange thing, but like I, I'm, because I'm a big electronics person that when you're like, when you said like, oh, when you said you were having a hard time, it just triggered my, I want to help. And it's the same thing. I'm like, I want to help. You tell me what you need help with. Because I remember reaching out to you at one point, you were showing something with LEDs and it was like a, a side lit thing for lenses. And I, and oh, I reached yeah. out to you and I kind of said to you like, hey, listen, you know, if you did this and you, you kind of responded with a, okay. And I, at, at the time, I just, you know, I, I have a great respect for people's creative processes and you had every right to just say like, I don't need you to mansplain this to me. I'm already a dude. <laughs> but like, you know, just so you're aware, like I have a ton of electronics experience and I'm 100% welcome to answer any questions you may have or, or provide any kind it. of insight. Oh, you opened up yeah, a giant you're, can of worms. You're I'm welcome. You're welcome it. to do it because I will end up showing you that stupid Mandalorian helmet and you'll be like, Oh, Hugh, you're a, a lovely man, but, obviously you know misdirected in every regard <laughs> what's going to happen is you're just going to send it to me and i'm going to fix it oh, oh no because <laughs> oh, it's just it's all it's just stupid i have a 3d printed boba fett helmet that looks quite good and bro you know how many boba so that was when i i don't know if, if that was i did that on instagram if i posted those on instagram but when i first started prop building that's that was my main thing i would boba fett paint and sell Boba Fett helmets. That's awesome. That was like 600 bucks a pop, man. This is why I won't be sending you that Mandalorian. (laughs) Mandalorian, I would do for free. I just want to do it. I'm all, I'm all about the free. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. See, it's so funny. I'm like, I'm basically scrolling through your, your Instagram timeline. So I can post in photos, but like this photo of you walking in the, the rom <laughs> just trapped in that body and 
Yeah. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Because the lizard one was interesting in that the arms were kind of perpetually, you know, bent, and you were kind of, you're just keeping yourself up. You had wooden stilts created. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! How much? So how much of this now for you? Like, because the armor creation itself is you know, the step-by-step process, how much of it is the challenge? Like you, you create a challenge where you say, I'm going to make this thing that's seven and a half feet tall unwittingly knowing it's seven and a half feet tall. And there are all these other aspects still and whatnot. <laughs> I guess you could say it's always been about challenge, but now yeah. it's all about, now it's like, um, uh, how am I going to beat that seven foot thing I built before? Right. Oh, I know, build something bigger. Yeah. That, that's that's <laughs> literally all it is for me now. It's, I don't want to get through the doorway anymore. I like, uh, now I changed my bio on Instagram because now it's, I like making monsters. Mm. That's what it is. I like monster making. So I'm starting to get into more mediums that involve more like in uh, sculpting and casting and things like that. Cause I just like making big movie monsters or big game monsters. And yeah. I like making creatures. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I, I was at, um, I was picking my daughter up from school. She's, she's eight. And I was standing while these kids were in line and, and one kid came up to me and she says, are you the guy that makes uh, robots? I said, well, you know, and I, I started to like do this, you know, not really, but I guess it depends on what you mean by robot. And she goes, do you or don't you? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you're aware, at some point your kid is going to be in line at, at like school and you're going to be picking them up and some kid's going to come up and go, are you a Spartan? And you're just going to have to say yes. Yep, you know, say are yes. you Batman? You'd be like, yes, because if you, if you try to, if, you know, make it make more Adult sense. Explain it. Yeah. No, they're just like no. I, are you or aren't you? You know, I saw it, a picture and you were super working absolutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like the Sith. <laughs> it's 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 just very simple. Yes or no. That's yeah. all I need. Are you or aren't you the guy that makes robots? Yes. Fuck. Fine. Shit. I'm afraid of you already. <laughs> yep. Totally fine. It's like the kid that came up to me and, and she goes, you have a lot of tattoos. I go, yeah. She goes, I put a tattoo on my face. And I was like, that's Ooh. amazing. <laughs> and then some other kid, I know, like, of course it was like, whatever. But she comes, then this other kid comes up and he says, you have a lot of tattoos. She goes, we've already covered that. <laughs> she turned Ooh. away. Walked away. <laughs> These are savages, man. These are savages, man. Yep. I'll tell you. It's, They're it's, great. Anyways, whatever. Um, um you, uh, Stefan, you must have, you must have. Yeah, no. Uh, so I, I, it's, we already covered, we already covered this, but um, it's your 10 year anniversary uh, working with your studio. Um, and I'm assuming that's 10 years since you decided I'm going to do this full time. Right? No, it's actually no. not. It's just 10 years since I started my studio. Okay. Um, it was originally called, uh, I started like in college. It was originally called Mystery Mystery Vision Multimedia, and I was mostly yeah. God, don't ask me. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. 
We all grow. We grow and learn. We call our original you don't, you don't studios. You don't have okay. to be. Yeah, I think my my college uh, era uh, design company was called Intelligent Design. So you know where that where that ended up. Ooh. Graduating, <laughs> got the hook. Yeah. All right. So your mystery science theater. Sorry, what? <laughs> what was it again? <laughs> mystery vision. Yeah, mystery vision multimedia. Because Christ. we had yep. the name came from. I had a a, a a communications class. It was like an intro to communications class. Uh, when I was in college, because I was going for journalism, and I had to make a blog uh, for that class that we had to run. You know how we had to do an article mm-hmm. for the blog every single week, and we had to come up with some, you know, uh, clever name for our blog. And I'm sitting there, confused to tell, trying to figure out what name I want for my blog. And it was, you know, I, I was like, I want something mysterious. And then literally oh, I have, yeah, yeah, literally I want mm. something serious, but and, with vision. You know, I've got vision. <laughs> yeah. I like taking photos, multimedia. I was a dumbass. <laughs> we Welcome all to the club, were, man. We all were. As the yeah. oldest one of all of us, like this, it's just a long road of making dumb decisions. Yep. However, Ebony Warrior Studios is, Chef's Kiss. That's a great yep, name. Yep, yep. I'll That's, tell you. I'm, Ebony Warrior Studios literally comes from my love of Skyrim. Oh my God, I love Skyrim. And then as soon as I found out that the Ebony Warrior was black, I lost it. I was like, <laughs> I need that. Did you do, wait, have you done an Ebony Warrior cosplay? I have. I did. It was. Do uh, I have to look it up, or do you just you know, share it? Or <laughs> that was on, that was around the same time as the um, as that uh, that that uh, uh, XC Fet, right? Yeah, because you, you had the dragon mask. I remember. I remember seeing that too. Yep. Oh yeah, that damn! Because so I'm so also like, here. if I if now we if we talked up. about my my run through Skyrim, Skyrim, we would honestly. be here for hours. Yeah, I can't even. My my son is playing yeah. Skyrim now, and it's. Sorry, I didn't want to. Are you? I didn't want to stop you from being talked to. Um, Yeah, my son plays Skyrim, and there there was a point when he was probably about seven or eight, maybe six, where he goes, "Can I play your Skyrim?" And I was like, "Oh, could you start your own?" Nope. Because mine was (laughs) like, "You're gonna mess up my save." I'd gone through. Yeah, you're gonna mess up my save. Was was all I could think was like, "I've already gone through all this stuff. I've made the decisions I'm gonna make." I haven't played in so long, and, and part of it is that it, it depresses me to go to my old save to see what my son, what his decisions were <laughs> yep. as, a, as a child. And now he's in it. Like, now he's got it for his PC, so he's playing his own version. And I'm just like, you see now, right? Like, can I come and play your game? Can I play your game now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you spent like, 30 no, please, hours. No, <laughs> <laughs> no you're going to mess up my save, Dad. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Now you know what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. <laughs> I honestly feel like that's our responsibility as dads to you know, get revenge. On get revenge. <laughs> my, I, I feel like my responsibility as a father is to is to give my kid all the stuff that I would have desperately wanted mm-hmm. as a thirteen year old. 
you know? Oh my God, yes. So like, uh-huh. you know, uh, from the very beginning, you know, he's gotten a better and better computer because he wanted to do such and such and such, you know? So like I bought him a little laptop that he could play Minecraft on, taught him how to record videos so he could have a YouTube channel. And then, and then that was not good enough because he was playing some other game. So I built him a gaming rig and hand him the gaming rig. And then like, you know, he's like, I'm out of space. I bought him an SSD. I'm like, here's more space. And, and he, you know, every time he kind of mentions something offhandedly, the, the huge nerd love that I have is like, I will fuck, I will sort you out, my man. That's what's yep. going to happen. Like he, he said, I want He wanted a VR rig. And I'm like, I can do that. That's not a problem. But in my head, I'm like, you need more Ram. I'm like I got to get you more Ram before I do <laughs> <laughs> Because isn't that, isn't that our job as parents? Like just it very much is, know? yeah. Because I, I, this, uh, he's gonna be a year old on the fifteenth. But we spoil that boy. I spoil that boy like nobody's business. He's already turning into a little brat, and it's hilarious. Oh, and it's it, bad, but it's hilarious. We're the worst too. We're the worst for accepting it. Like it's just you know you're like he's a little brat. But not to me. He's the best kid yeah. ever, you know. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then at some point, you you go like, "Hey, guess what? A bully says what you just said, and that kills them because it, it it drives them nuts to think that you might look poorly on them." You know. Yeah. My said my son said something to my daughter, and I said, "That's what a bully says, by the way." And he just stopped. You know. He still says shitty yeah. things. He's a thirteen year old, but I mean, like, he's becoming more and more aware of the good versus the bad, you know? Right. He's a teenager. Total, total ding dong. I just want like my biggest thing, especially as, uh, you know, especially being a, a black dad, I just want to, I know that it's damn near impossible in this world, but I want to protect him from the things that I had to experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the scariest part of it. Like, I don't ever want to. I know I'm going to have to do it eventually, but I don't want to have to have that talk about police with him. You know what I mean? And it, that terrifies me. I mean, you're in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yep. I mean, my God. Like every. Oh God. Man, I I have a lot of. I have a lot of uh, feelings about this, and I don't want to. I don't want us to. You know, I don't want to turn it into a thing, but fuck the police, man. Like you, y'all down in the States, I mean, we have our own issues with racism. It's more about indigenous racism, uh, First Nations stuff. But, and I mean, definitely people of color in general, but God, man, my heart bleeds every time, every time. And I, I, I've been watching your activism and, and just applauding with every, I can't imagine how exhausting it must be. You know, to be yeah. to, to be dealing with that. Oh, I found it. Ah, I found it. <laughs> um, I like that you're kind of <laughs> like side sidelining this. It was, you know, it, there was there was a whole thing with there was another cosplayer that, and I I don't want to turn it into a a thing, but you called him out like this uh, Batman cosplayer that went to the Black Lives Matter protest just mm-hmm. for clout, you know, and it yeah, turned into a. Uh, what was the name again? 
his name is Bucks, Bucks County. Bucks Batman. County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when He's I saw Sean King share it, when I saw Sean King share it, I was like, come on, man. You know, just take two seconds. You know, two seconds to read about it. Like the guy's a thin blue line dude and Yeah. I don't know. Now I gotta look at that. Sorry, you just posted this thing. Oh my god. Look at that. Look at the pauldrons. Ah, that's so that, good. That's one of those things. That's one of those cosplays I look at and I'm like, that's some bullshit. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, I wish you were better at god. this because <laughs> I gotta redo that armor so bad. But do you? But I mean, like I do, because because there are the, those are the things that you hang up and go like, look how much better I am now, right? Like, is that not how that works? Or you just <laughs> wide eyed go like, no? No, but I get it. You have that. You have that that need <laughs> that that project that's at the back of your head, and it's like, make me better, make me better. Uh-huh. And you're like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Yep. And I'm, I'm, gonna re, I'm actually going to remake my Ebony Warrior. Oh, you are? Okay. You know, that's Ebony Warrior Studios. And right. it's it's the 10-year yeah. anniversary of Ebony Warrior Studios. I want to remake the Ebony Warrior, you know, with my newfound skills that I have. And How good know, is that going to be? I'm going to have fun with it. I'm gonna <gasps> make oh, my God. Do you know what you could have? We could put LEDs in the... Um, in the in all the foam reading from your arm so you could have you could have light running down your arm whenever you trigger it we could do that because i'm doing i'm not just doing like the uh just the simple ebony warrior armor set or the heavy armor Mm -hmm. i'm doing um one of the somebody designed a a mod version of it of i can't remember what that is i think it's like uh it's like a mage mixed with the okay. Ebony Warrior, and it's it's like a high uh, the high archmage Ebony Warrior or something. It's amazing. Oh, I look it up. Um, yeah. Well, listen, don't lose my my contact because I can definitely help you with the uh, with the electronics for that sort of stuff. You do what you end well, up you doing do, is you do a layer. You're gonna with godzilla you do that's what you oh my with. god the godzilla the the things yep, down the back we're gonna have the the that's plan easy. is to have the um i already have all the sound worked up i have the sound system worked up okay but i'm, I'm gonna have the lights go from tail all the way to muzzle sure so that he can do the is your you sound know, attached to your um, to the actual yeah. foam the Use a transducer. I'm not even kidding. I'll tell you all about okay. this. Transducers put the sound into the object. So all the droid builders use transducers like RC transducers that you use for model aircraft. They put mm-hmm. those on the plastic itself. The plastic becomes the speaker. So your foam would become the speaker. So if you're doing a yell or a scream or whatever using this the, the sound effects, it goes through the foam. And it would sound fucking killer. So heads up, transducers. I'll send you the links. Godzilla Godzilla was supposed to be built and go to Dragon Con 2020, but since I'm not doing that, yeah, 2021. yeah, it's all about. And besides, it'll sound better then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you need anything really tiny, <laughs> oh, he's gonna. So my Godzilla's gonna be. What was the scaling on it? Oh, 
shit. I can't remember what the scaling was. Uh, it's, I can't remember what the scaling is, but I know that the size of my Godzilla, normal humans will be H scale compared to him. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what that like means, it, but it, the a, reaction the, was like the model, the model train scale, right? Eight, yeah. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah. How do you? Okay, whatever. That's that's just crazy town. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't know anything. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. I actually just say that a lot because I don't know nothing yeah. about nothing. <laughs> I don't know nothing about nothing. Um, <laughs> Charles. I don't know what else. I, I feel like I could just keep, I oh, feel like we, could, we would, yeah, this is one of those situations <laughs> where we could just keep talking and, 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 you know, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of the, like the tangential, we talked about the tangents, like this is that yeah. situation. We're leading down into tangents and I'm, I am 100% okay with that. But as far as an episode goes, I want to think we might be where we need to be. Yeah. Um, this is where I invite you to have the last word and uh, in, in what you want to what you'd want to share with listeners about uh, you, about your work, about whatever. I think something that I always share whenever I do, uh, whenever I talk with other people, is I want everybody to understand that cosplay is for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. Um, you. It, it, I don't want people to feel like cosplay is not for you because you're new or cosplay is not for you because of your ethnicity or cosplay is not for you because you just, you know, you feel like you're uh, atypical or an outsider. Right. Cosplay is literally for everyone. If you are at a cosplay convention and you want to um you know hang out with other people uh that are like you there's always going to be somebody who's willing to accept you into their group Mm -hmm. i mean of course every fandom has those you know has those people who are are, who are d-bags but when it comes to cosplay especially when it comes to me I want you to know I have your back no matter what. I, you have any questions regarding cos- cosplay? You have any any concerns? You want to know something? I'm here to help because I want you to know that you know this is for everybody, especially <laughs> if you're if you're black trying to understand or want to get into cosplay. Mm-hmm. This is for us too. Being geeky, being nerdy is for us too. You know it, and and that's, and that's the the one thing that, you know, I I think that people who sort of are, in, who have always seen it as it's for everyone, but only if they look like me, it's nice to it's nice to have this additional. You know, one of the one of the things is I followed you, and then it wasn't so long after that I ended up following Omega Shrine cosplay, and you know yeah. he's you know he's a he's a black dude doing his thing, and his work is light years beyond what it was when I first started following much like yours, which, you know, I started following you a long time ago, like just watching everybody's skill level increase and knowing that part of that is knowledge sharing, you know, yeah. the support behind it. 
you know, as, as someone who never would have considered himself a writer two years ago in, in talking with Stefan, as much as I have, I've written a lot more things. And part of that becomes about the knowledge sharing, having Stefan as being my, my sounding board. And that's gotta be the same way with, with the cosplay community, you know? Yeah, it very much is. Cause, um, it should be that, I mean, the ideal situation is you ask somebody how you do something, they're willing and open to tell you how to do it, explain yeah. how to do it. You know, um, I'm very much like that. I have a lot of people that message me all the time and just ask me questions. And I do my very best to answer uh, questions as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. and, I've met people who said, you know, I'm, oh, thank you so much. I, I messaged such and such cosplayer and they didn't get, get back to me for, you know, weeks at a time. And I, I don't, I try to make sure that I answer messages as soon as I get them. Yes. Yeah. I, I know what it's like to be in, that, in those shoes. And I don't want somebody else to experience what I did. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you're very responsive to messages, which is, which is fantastic. Obviously because you accepted the invitation to be part of the podcast, <laughs> like it, you're, you're very responsive. There have been other people that like, I'll get an, a, a message three months later going like, Oh man, I never checked these. I'm like, well, they're right there, but you don't realize and my, my wife is, is quite, you know, uh, quite popular on, on Instagram for her, her crafting stuff, her, her quilting. So like, she's the same way. Like she goes like, yeah, it's there, but it'll say like 1000 requests, you know? So, which means you have to parse through a thousand people that are, that are just going, you're pretty, you know, to, to get that one yeah. person who's saying, do you want to be on the podcast? So, you know, I, this is, this is where I, I say, thank you you know, so, so much. This has been a great conversation. Um, Charles Xavier Conley. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I had, a, I had a blast. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com.